Welcome, everyone, to 2023 season episode 17 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news notes and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the Goodyear 400 at Darlington Raceway. Steve, welcome back to another episode of the show, fresh off throwback weekend at Darlington. And um, I think from start to finish, uh, this weekend delivered as far as NASCAR racing goes with drama, excitement, action on the track. And uh, it's always a little bit more special when um, there's some really cool throwback paint schemes thrown in. Yeah, it was um, some cool things to look at, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, the the dueling uh, um, UPS paint schemes was pretty cool to see the two of them out there. They were, like, next to each other a couple times. Um, yeah, definitely loved, uh, of course, being a fan of Dave's, you know. I uh, loved, loved that uh, they did that throwback. Um, but, uh, you know, what was really cool one was um, Corey LaJoy's um throwback too to his grandfather grandfather that yeah. was kind of cool yeah so that was really cool to see too so yeah i mean it was, um, it was a lot of cool ones to look at the, this weekend yeah the dale jr throwback from the uh pepsi 400 victory from 2001 that was on eric almarola's car that was pretty cool and uh, i know we said we were going to talk about dave maybe at the end of the show but since ryan did do a dave throwback to one of his world of outlaw sprint cars worth mentioning that dave was in action this past weekend at the season opener at Sharon Speedway. They had four 10 sprints on the card. Um, was going to use the race kind of as a tune-up uh, for a World of Outlaw race that's coming up there. And Dave actually goes out there and ends up uh, leading uh, Green Flag to, to checkers and uh, and picks up the win right away. So uh, kind of starts off the year with a, with a victory. It's also cool to see, I think, for at least the second time this year, Dale Blaney was also in action, too, in a number 32 car. He won his heat race, had a little bit of uh, altercation in the first few laps of the, of the feature and ended up not finishing the race. So, But really cool to see Dave back on track, especially on a weekend where Ryan's throwing back to his sprint car days on the Cup Series side, picks up the victory, and um, the tune-up was for a World of Outlaws race that's coming to Sharon Speedway this weekend uh, on Saturday. So um, one of the last few times uh, the world outlaws came to Sharon Speedway. Dave also went back to victory lane then too. So um, lots of exciting things happening uh, all throughout the weekend. And um, like you said, throwback weekend at Darlington, always fun. The racing's fun. Surface is nice and gritty. Can slick. It was hot. I think last year might've been a little bit cooler for this race, but it was nice and hot and slick. And um, from the Xfinity series race, well, the truck race, maybe a little bit of drama, definitely Xfinity series race. There's some drama, and um, once again, in the cup series, uh, there's uh didn't lead to fisticuffs this week, at least, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, you knew when there was a late caution that there's going to be like two more cautions after that. That's, that's just goes without saying, because give and take is over with once, once you get the last 15, 20 laps and you get a restart and this guy tries to force that guy to do something. And that guy tries to force this guy to do something. And the next thing you know, they're both in the wall and, 
the spotter's going. He's still pushing you. He's still pushing you. <laughs> Plus, they're they're coming off a race what, at Kansas where the track's wide and sweeping, and the the track surface itself at Darlington looks pretty wide, but the racing groove is very very narrow. So there really is mm-hmm. only you know one and a half uh, to two lanes at the most that that guys can get through a corner sometimes in the proper racing groove. Now there were people kind of making some dive bombs down below some of those white markers that they have going through the turns. But uh, for the most part, it wasn't going to be very successful. And there, there was uh, even a point in this race where Ryan had a little bit of an oopsie <laughs> up into a car uh, that we may, we might talk about too. So why don't we jump yeah. into that? Uh, let's jump into, into your race recap. Cause I know you're diligently taking notes all throughout the weekend from uh, practice and qualifying yeah. through the race. Practice, Yeah. We had, we had practice on Saturday, group B, um, Group A, uh, the single lap, the, the best one there was like the nine car um, that they were looking at 20 seconds um, uh, in 20 laps, two seconds of fall off on the tires. And that was probably the biggest thing because that would change everybody's pit strategy, when to pit, when not to pit. And we'll talk about that later on in the report that uh, some of those strategies really, really help certain guys get around other guys. Um, uh, you know, we went to group B there, Ryan, the single lap him, you know, was like about 14th overall between him and the other grouping, but it was about the fifth or sixth best within the, the cars he was out there with. Um, and at one point, Jonathan, because they were looking at the balance more than anything else, Jonathan, uh, sorry, Josh says that uh, you and the 19 are the best in this group. Um, and, uh, they were like the third best with the 30 lap average time overall. So, you know, things were looking pretty good. A single lap is going to be the biggest thing during, you know, qualifying. Um, group A's top five were the 23, the one, the 45, 47, 24. And uh, Group B, uh, Ryan went out 13th, but he ended up sixth. Um, it was the six, the 19, the 99, the 11, and the five. Um, what was interesting about that though, is their group all of like for all the way down to sixth and maybe seventh or eighth were actually faster than the qualifiers in group a. So if they just went by, you know, qualifying times, which they can't do, but if they would just go by qualifying times, he had been sixth, you know, but, um, can't really do that. But the, the 19 ends up winning the poll and Ryan ends up uh, P 11 once again, because they were the faster group to begin with. So, um, so we get to Sunday. We had stages of 90, 185, 293, 11 sets of tires. Uh, fuel run is 66 to 70 laps, but we're not worried about fuel. It's going to be tire, tires, tires. Um, pit stall 26th, which was open in front and had the 77 behind him. And I think the open in front on the other side of the open in front was the four car. And the reason I bring that up is later on, we're going to hear something about the four car that they give them a little room for a reason. Um, so on our start here, the initial start, the leader's the 19, he takes the top for the start. And, um, you know, Josh tells them before we get going to just nice and smooth racing the track, which is very important. Like when you're worried about tire wear, you know, you, you, if you don't destroy the tires early in the run and you've got a little bit more speed than other guys later in the run, maybe you'll start catching some positions. Um, within a lap or two, he sorts out to 13th at lap five, passes the 21 up to 12th. The 19th still leading at this point. And Ryan says he's starting off a little bit tight here. Uh, lap 15, he's behind the five car. Um, by lap 30, uh, um, it's kind of switched up a little bit. Now he's only about a half a second behind the 45. And, um, 
they tell him that they're about 15 more laps till they start pitting and just split these stages in half. Um, at lap 35, though, Ryan's yelling about there being oil on the track and, um, he was not the only one, uh, Josh confirms that other guys are telling the, telling the NASCAR officials, um, at lap 37, he passes the 11 car gets up to 11th. And then two laps later, they do call the caution. Finally, maybe fluid they're saying, which I don't know where it was coming from. Yeah. Um, Some other drivers had mentioned too, that, that they were having issues. I think Denny Hamlin said there was a point when he, he said he hit something going into a turn and just went straight toward the wall and didn't really, he thought maybe something was wrong with the car. And then, yeah, they eventually figure out that there's some oil, but you do wonder how long it takes for someone, one of the NASCAR spotters to finally actually spot it and believe folks that maybe, maybe they're, they were a little apprehensive thinking maybe people were complaining just because they wanted, they really wanted new tires or something so early. Yeah. Want a caution. Um, of course there are four tires and fuel here. Um, there's a little bit of a checkup coming to pit road first off. So that kind of accordions out a little bit. And then, um, we're going in 11th. We come out 14th and it was a 13.01 stop. So, um, one of the things here that happens is, um, Jonathan tells him that he's got to get a little closer to the wall. So when he pulls into the sign, he might've been a little too far out and which causes the whole timing of everything to go off a little bit. I mean, these guys are supposed to be able to just on the fly. Yes. But you know, when you're used to going out, let's say 16 feet and you got to go out 18 feet around the front of the car, it might change things might change where the hose is, you know? So there was a little bit of adjustment there. And Jonathan also said there's something they had to clean up inside there too. So he didn't say exactly what, but you know, between the two things that was, you know, made it a little bit longer stop. But what's interesting is, is they only lost three spots on that. Um, so, you know, a little bit longer stop, but everybody had a little bit longer stop, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, um, with penalty- the thir- 13 second, you think you'd be losing, losing five or six. But um, maybe it shaked out to where there were some other, some other issues as they went along the way, and it didn't hurt them too bad. Yeah. Now, 99 gets a penalty on this. Uh, and so it's actually 13 for the choose cone. Uh, 19 takes the top, Ryan takes the bottom, restart lap 44, sorts out to about 13th. At um, lap 48, passes the 10 car up to 12th. Uh, lap 55, the 20 car passes him. He's back to 13th. Um, and Ryan is telling me he has no turn. Um, <laughs> lap 60, uh, the 19 still leading, uh, and I got the dirty air parade, I called it, because um, there are sections of the race where everybody's pretty much on equal tires and everybody's trying to conserve their tires. And if you get, even if you're a little bit faster than somebody, um, you can't necessarily pass them and, uh, you know, kind of gets, uh, you know, gets makes it just a, a long period of time. You know, it's 20, 30 laps of just that, you know, until some strategy things happen to change things. Um, at lap 70, he's about three tenths back at the 11 car. At lap 77, the the nine passes him, and he's into 14th. At lap 81, the five passes him, he's into 15th. Uh, and he's 18 seconds back at the leader. Um, at lap 90, he does pass the 11, he gets to 14th, and the 19 wins stage one. So we get to um, our next set of pit stops here at the end of the stage. Um, and, you know, this is the worst part about Darlington is you can adjust from one end of the track and it messes up what you're doing at the other end of the track. So he's telling about the entry to one is tight. Um, so maybe you adjust to that. 
but you may lose something at the other end of the track if you don't do it just right. Uh, four tires in there. They're uh, in uh, 14th. They come out 13th. Uh, this is a 10.810 stop. Uh, the leader the uh, is uh, the 19th still. He takes the top. Ryan takes the top. We're restarting at lap 99. Uh, within a lap or two, it sorts out to 13th. Um, and at lap, let's see here. Lap 125, Ryan finally reports back that he's slightly better here. Uh, lap 130 is about a half a second back of the 45. Um, and Josh and Jonathan are discussing on the other channel here um, what lap uh, they're, they're going to pit. And um, the, lap 134, the pitting starts with a 34 car. Um, and their green flag stops here. Lap one, uh, 136, the 10, the 22 are pitting. And lap 138, they tell them we're going long here. Um, and there's really like two, as far as strategies go, there's like two approaches here. Yeah. One, you short pit and try to get those fresh tires on as quickly as possible and be the first person to pit and make up a bunch of time on the track on the front end. And then mm-hmm. the second way, which you're about to describe the way that they, they chose was to run long. So that way they stay out as, as long as they possibly can get the fresh tires on and then make up the time with fresher tires versus the people that, that pitted five or six laps ago. And at a track like Darlington with how abrasive the surface is, you can make up time really quickly, even if you're just on, you know, three or four lap fresher tires than somebody else. So this is kind of the strategy they go with. And as far as like a race fan goes, makes you really nervous at first. Um, Mm -hmm. But then uh, all the way up until maybe you can, um, well, nervous and excited because you, if you, they go long enough and a caution comes out, that's like the perfect storm. But right. once they do pit though, after going long, then you're just like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> if the caution comes out now, they're in trouble because they're behind on positions and mm-hmm. everybody else will come in and get fresh tires too. But it makes it fun to watch him gain positions on this run. Yeah. The key is uh, once you do pit, no caution. If you do pit and then it goes green for another 15 to 20 laps, you'll make up the positions and then some. And, um, because he's very good at tire conservation, we'll see this later in the run. He does, um, at lap 139 here, he takes the lead actually (laughs) by staying out at lap 142. They do pit now. Um, he's, uh, a pit stop is 11.511. Um, we actually saw a video of this pit stop, um, yeah, on Twitter. Dr. Race Chaser, one of our, there one of our followers you, there. You. I think I've mentioned right. him before. Great follow on Twitter. It goes to races all over the place. But but yeah, there's a reason why the stop was just slightly longer, I think, on the well, normal. If you take, That's what I say. If you can go to Dr. Race Chaser's uh, Twitter and look at that stop, they put a wrench in the back of the car. This is the stop. You actually mentioned it to me, texted to me during the race that they put a wrench in there. So they actually make an adjustment on the fly that does take a little longer to do, but they execute it. The wrench doesn't stay in the car, you know, that's actually important, <laughs> important. Um, so they come out and when they sort out right after the, right after the stop, it's there in 17th. Now, this is the fun part. Like you said, everybody else has pitted. Everybody else has got 10 to 15 laps on their tires. Some of them. And now you've got the fresh tires. Now you can make up the ground. And those, like those guys, as you go along, guess what? Your tires are still 10 to 15 laps fresher. So you're still going to be quicker than them. 20 laps into this run. So at lap 148, we pass the 21 to get to 16th. At lap one, uh, 150, um, I've got the nine, 19 and the 1 are actually batting for the lead at this point. But at lap 50, 151, we pass the 43 to get to 15th. 
Um, at lap 152, past the 11 to get to 14th. At 156, past the 22 to get to 13th. At lap 157, passes the 10 to get to 12th. At lap 160, um, he is uh, a couple seconds back of the nine at this point. I think I got six seconds back of the nine. Yeah, there was um, a big gap here that I thought maybe this is where here. it would level off. Right. At lap 173. He's only about two seconds back in the nine. At lap 179, he passes the nine up to 11th. At lap 180, he passes the 45. He's up to 10th. Um, this is where he rubbed into the 45, and he apologized like immediately on the radio. He said, t- t- tell him, tell them guys, I didn't mean to, you know, because he just kind of got underneath them, but then lost a little, and he didn't try to door him on purpose or anything like that, and nothing was really made of it. But um, at lap 181, he passes the 47. He's up to ninth. Now, during this time stretch, um, literally half a second to sometimes three quarters of a second faster than the guys in front of him. And he's just mowing them down. And the thing is, is racing the track. He is just running consistent laps, not burning up his stuff to try and get by anybody. And then getting to a guy and passing him, getting to a guy and passing him. Uh, lap 185 uh, is when the 19 uh, spins trying to pass the one. Uh, for the end of the stage there. Um, and Ryan is up to uh, eighth. And so uh, we get finished eighth here at the end of the stage. And um, so with that strategy, he gained three positions. He did get a, get a position handed to him too from the 19 spinning, but that was most likely something that he probably wasn't going to make up on, not on, on a non-strategy on just doing what everybody else did. So they, you know, right. plus, plus three with, uh, with that strategy. So that was good to see. And it was also something to put in their back pocket, uh, for the the rest of the race or when this opportunity comes up again. Yeah. Usually these strategies, usually you see the opposite. Everybody worries about getting doing the short pitting, you know, you short pit and then, you know, but the thing about doing it this way is that, you know, you, you, as long as it stay green and it did, you just see him picking one after another off. It, it's really, really cool. The other one is, uh, you know, you're out there for about five laps. You've gained about eight to 10 seconds because of how fast your laps were. And then it levels off, you know, this was just the opposite. It never really leveled off because he was running such consistent laps. You know, he was just three quarters of a lap faster than guys who had tires that were 10 or 10 uh, laps older than his. It does seem like Uh, if you're, if you're the leader, you need to short pit. If you're a guy that's running the back half of the top 10 or or further back running long is, is really the strategy to go with. Yeah. Um, so we're pinning here and this one's interesting because they're pinning in eighth and coming out, they come out 12th and it's only a 10.868 second stop. Now, um, Jonathan tells him to give the four a little room. So first off you're handicapping the, the, the pit stop, not the time of the pit stop. You're handicapping the driver here because he's going to be on pit road a little bit longer just based on this. And the reason for this is so that his pit crew doesn't get run over. Okay. Because you can go in to a pit, um, into, into your pit stall, a box or two ahead of time. Um, and like I said, there was an opening in front of Ryan, but then the next box was the four and, the in-car camera, you can see this uh, pretty dramatically. He he gives them about a car to a car and a half length lead. But what this does is when Ryan does pull in the box, the four car is already by him, already by the box. So when the guys are jumping off the wall and jumping out there, they're not jumping right into the path of the four car. If they run bumper to bumper 
and they try to execute this. Um, some of the crew guys got to wait a second or two anyway to go, you know, to keep from getting run over by the four car. So this is actually the proper thing to do. Um, it sure it cost him a second or two on pit row, but it wasn't the pit crew either. Okay. This was just a, a safety thing. Uh, to make sure that your guys don't get run over. Yeah. And I mean, um, people know if people follow us, that's usually the, the first things we get when he loses spots on pit road is what happened. How could this happen? And uh, luckily Steve pays attention enough, watches the video, listens to the scanner that we can at least bring you some insight. You guys are free to decide whether you think it's good or bad, right or wrong, whatever. And that the first thing I did is now Steve has pointed out in the last couple of weeks um, that they, you know, I think we mentioned they have like accelerometers in the car now that are giving kind of us giving us some like pretty instant pit stop times through the the NASCAR website and the NASCAR app. So as Steve said, this was like a 10-8. And I said this in a post on the Team Blaney account as well. Like, you know, that's that's kind of their around their average, like, you know, 10-5, 10-8. That's kind of their normal stop. And I've said it before. I'm I'm okay with that. I just want consistency. We don't want any big mistakes. We don't want any blunders. We don't want any any loose wheels. We don't want wheels getting away from them that are uncontrolled um, because they're they're trying to move too quickly. Um, and I, I equated this to what Denny Hamlin has also said when his crew has struggled all year long. Pretty much, he just says, "I just want a pit crew that will keep me in the fight." You know, if I gain a spot here or there, that's great. If I lose, you know, one or two spots, that's great. I can I can still be in position on the track. You know, we just can't lose five or five or six positions. And in this case, there's like you said, there's a safety aspect here. And, you know, Jonathan's probably trying to avert anything else that could have happened. You know, if, if the if a guy does get clipped and falls down, that's going to be a catastrophic stop and somebody could get injured. So you kind of have to this early in the race, weigh the, pro, weigh the pros and cons. And they won't be in this position every stop. This, they just happen mm. to the four just happens to be close enough to them that made it a problem. So he was um, he was the car. He was the car directly in front of him coming to pit road. Yeah. And that's the thing. So what are you going to do? I mean, like I said, they bet the only thing we can really do is explain. Uh, I think Steve and I have come to the, the realization that, uh, you know, the way opinions are and sports fans are. Um, we're just going to try to state the facts, tell you what happened and try our best to leave it there though. You'll see Steve and I every once in a while kind of get on our soapbox, but <laughs> we're just trying to, we're just trying to inform and I guess, let you guys decide and get whatever you have to get off your chest, whatever your process is. But either way, yeah, we know everyone's working hard. Yeah. I cut, I cut the grass yesterday to help my process. <laughs> I went outside and I touched grass. <laughs> it's good. It's uh, good to get outside yes. and breathe, breathe some fresh That's air. It reason fresh air um the leader uh, at this point now is the five car he took the lead on this uh, round of pit stops he takes the top ryan takes the top we're restarting at lap 194 here and then we get the caution for the 43 and um my wife actually sang the loose wheel song <laughs> i was i looked over and like what is going on in my man here? and this was rough yeah. and it just um it reminded me of the xfinity race which had a bit had a big one um, I think the Xfinity race had actually 17 or so cars were involved. Um, but yeah, this one too, man. I mean, we've seen guys lose wheels before at other tracks and they kind of just dip, dip up into the wall. This dude goes sideways in front of the back half of the field. And yeah, um, you mentioned, the... um, I think it was the 99 early on in this race had a speeding penalty. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is one of those situations where that really, really hurts you because he gets collected in this accident where he shouldn't be running in the back. So Right, yeah, it ends up the the 43, the 34, the 42, the 99, the 51, 38, the 2, the 3, 54, and the 17 are all involved. Um, 
Uh, th- once again, thanks to my wife. She hurries up and figures out all those and we can write them down real quick. Um, but we're staying out here. Uh, we're 13 for the choose here. The leader, the once again, the five takes the top. Ryan takes the bottom this time. The restart lap 200 sorts out to 13th uh, in a couple laps here. At uh, 205, he passed the 45 and the 10. We get to 11th. Uh, the one is now leading. At lap 208, we pass the nine car, get to 10th. And then at uh, 211, we get a caution for the 47 here. And this puts us up to ninth because um, the 47th was running ahead of us there. I think the this is when you, we talked about the wrench going in the window early on. I think this is where the adjustments are kind of helping at mm-hmm. this point in the race. And it's good to see him moving forward, not just on strategy at this point, but actually from raw speed. Yeah. Now I got him pinning here. He uh, goes in ninth, comes out 10th. And um, I lost this. The I didn't lose it. Uh, I know where the uh, numbers are, but when you look at the numbers on this one on the app, it said 27 seconds. And, yeah, uh, I saw that a lot. Not, <laughs> it's not true. Something bob, uh, got bobbled up there. But uh, um, so they lost one position on the spit stop. The leader, uh, the one takes the top here. and Ryan takes the bottom for this restart at lap 215. It sorts out to about 11th here. Um, at lap 217 passes the 19 car gets to 10th lap 220 uh the 19 passes back and we're back in 11th here and ryan is talking about tight 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 um he says really bad in traffic and uh lap 239 ryan asks how long till we pit (laughs) jonathan tells him 15 to 20 laps so they're on this strategy again um and he's plowing tight here so he gives them something to adjust to they're in 11th at lap 246 the green flag stops begin um like i said gonna run long like we did earlier by lap 250 he's up to a third um by lap 251 the four is the leader and ryan's up to second here now the next lap ryan takes the lead (laughs) and then pits uh like pretty much right there and the 23 assumes the lead at lap 255 the 11 takes the lead um so at lap 256 uh we're in 16th but we pass, I'm sorry, we're in 17th. We pass the 21, get to 16th, um, and pass the 17, get to 15th, all in the same lap. So it's starting to work out again. Here we go. 263 is um, when the five takes the lead. Um, at 264, we're past the 11, up to 14th. The 269 past the 10, up to 13th. The 271 past the 41, up to 12th. Um, and then at lap 275, we get this caution for the 51. So I would say this could be worse. The strategy didn't pan out as good as it did the last time, but it could have been much worse if that caution came out immediately after he pitted. They would have been trapped really far back. In this case, they they lost a couple positions, um, but it was working. It was working until the 51 has has his problem. So yeah, that's unfortunate. If it stays green another 10, 15 laps, which just stays green to the end, but, you know, been interesting to see how much more would a game. Uh, Ryan says to free him up here, um, and because uh, the track's getting a little tighter here, pit road is open. Um, ten point seven one one in twelfth out twelfth. Um, to twenty has a loose lug nut, so now we end up being eleventh. Uh, for the choose here, the five leader takes the bottom. Ryan takes the top here. The restart lap two eighty, and we get this caution. Um, with the nineteen. And uh, should be in the 19 and the 22 and everybody else here. Yeah, right. And Ryan and Ryan into the four. Yeah. Uh, right into the back end of the four. So, um, 
some of the talk right off the bat is to just slide the tires, um, which he says no. Um, they can see the front end is damaged pretty good, but they're not going to come in to fix it as long as the hood's not flopping up. Um, it was pushed up. <laughs> the front end of the car did not look good. He looked like he got punched in the mm-hmm. face there. And I can't imagine, you know, Ryan had been complaining for the second half of this race about how tight the car was. And I said, well, that's not going to help <laughs> anything in this situation. So I I thought, especially after they do this next restart, I thought they were kind of in survival mode at this point and just trying to to get the best finish. So it was a little bit disappointing because they were, you know, trending in the right direction in this race. And then even from the, the blimp cam on here, you know, we eventually see Ryan sneak down through the accident. And I thought he was clean. Everything was fine. And then they show another close up replay and you just see him hammering the back of the four um, and there's just nowhere to go. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have a choice, but um, <laughs> man, I'm sure that didn't feel too good. And uh, luckily they were able to keep rolling at least. Yeah, so the nose is pushed in, but the splitter's intact. So that was good news. The splitter's not dragging or anything. Um, they got him. I should have had him, I think, at P7, actually, after it sorted all out. Um, the leader is the one here taking the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom. And we get the restart at lap 287, and we get our one and five car incident. Um, I can't say anything. Ross. It is what it is. I mean, they're. The, if there's a time for him. So the only good thing I will say is this was the the right time to be aggressive. Um, he's done things like this in the first stage. So we right. at least have evolved <laughs> a little bit from that. Um, now uh, it's funny in a week where Larson um, who folks don't know has his own podcast had actually kind of praised Ross a little bit for, you know, the kind of popularity that he's growing and, um, maybe the outside of the sport eyes that he's getting on, onto the sport. Um, but Larson, after this incident here, refused to talk to any and all media. So um, he uh, and his crew chief um, made some some pretty strong words o- over the radio as well to uh, the folks back at Chevrolet to try to rein this guy in. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, if at least this was in a time where you do need to take some more chances and race a little bit more aggressively. Um, but he's just um, wasn't able to pull it off this time. And actually for one of the first times it hurt him too. It, you know, he didn't just do this. And then the five goes into the wall and he scooted on his way. Uh, he junked his car as well. And the, the five mm-hmm. was actually able to finish the race, but was not going to win anymore. Yeah. It was Ross's spotter that kept going. He's still pushing you. He's still pushing you. Still push because literally the, the five, the five. Did, you have to if you let up off the gas, he'll he'll move out of the way. And he did not let up off the gas. He's like, you know, I'm just oh. going to push this guy. Must have pushed him like you know another hundred yards down the track. Um, Do you want to talk Ryan, at all about the? Um, it's been talked about on Door Bumper Clear, and Denny Hamlin talked about it. Bubba talked about it uh, as well post race. This whole like lineup issue they had after after these crashes at the end. And you mentioned Ryan going from. 11th or 12th up to 7th or so after that one crash because he did get it, get away after the crash and, and get around some mm-hmm. folks. Um, but guys like Hamlin, guys like Bubba Wallace missed the crash completely. And um, Ryan and, and others and Harvick and stuff were allowed to get their spots back. So I have no complaints because it worked out on our end. Yeah. If I was the 11 or the 23, I'd probably be saying this is kind of weird. But I mean, the NASCAR ruled that they kept up a reasonable speed, even though they were kind of in the incident and that was kind of their ruling. But um, I know we don't have to deep dive too deep into it because it actually wasn't a detriment to us, but um, 
it was interesting. I can I can understand their points. Like we had no we had no contact in any of this. We passed the guys that were crashing up above us, and then they got to go back in front of us on the on the restart. Actually, it's for the for pitting, I think. But yeah, yeah, I I think I think there's got to be a better way. Yeah, you know, th- th- this is na- these are nationally televised events now. Um, and let's go talk about replay. Um, you know, because the NFL at one point you know, started using replay. Why? Because they had nationally televised or, you know, cameras everywhere and they could use it. Um, and now it's all the way down to college football on a one double a and division two level that they can use replay because almost everything is televised somewhere. Okay. So let's take the television camera, the blimp shot, whatever you can do and freeze the field. As soon as the caution comes out with the camera, forget scoring loops. Let's start with that. Set a lineup based on where everybody is in those positions and then go to the part where everybody pulls away from the accident and eliminate people. This guy didn't pull away from the accident. This guy didn't pull away from the accident. This guy didn't pull away from the accident. They're out of there and then reset the lineup that way. Okay. So now you've got the healthy cars that got through in the position they were in when the caution was thrown. That should be the easiest way to do it. Yeah, and I would if if Ryan would have ended up having to restart and back where he was because he didn't blend in till after because he was trying to get out of the accident. I wouldn't have had any. I would have totally understood. I was shocked that he was up as far as he was. Honestly, I was like, how did he? How is he up there after he he was yeah. involved in that? So I can understand their their beef with it, and and it makes it sense for but, him. Yeah. For him, it would have been maybe about two positions, I believe. Yeah, he would have lost, but. You know, once again, he pulled, you know, he was able to pull away from the accident yep. too. So I think at that point, it's where you blend, away. like where you blend yeah. in, like just set it that way. So anyway, I thought we would just touch on it a little bit. We'd probably both be a little bit more angry if the shoe was on the other foot, but um, yeah. it wasn't yeah. this time. So stay tuned to a future episode if we ever have to get into that. <laughs> um, they, Yeah, they got him sixth after this, this one here. Um, and the choose cone goes and I kind of took a note here because the 24 is now the leader and he takes the top. And I think uh, the Harvick was actually in second at this point, taking the bottom and Ryan ends up lining up behind the 21 on the top. Cause somebody asked that question, like why, you know, why did he, he probably would have been up a row if he went to the bottom, but with the damage he had to his nose. And in the last restart, he could definitely tell that he was plowing, literally plowing, um, and you don't want to be on the bottom going into turn you, one with that. No. Um, you want to get to the top and then hopefully be able to hook that um, that patch on the, on the end of turn two that they've done. And if he's going to help anybody, the 21 car is going to be the guy he's going to try to help. Um, he never could get to him to push him, to tell you the truth. And what, what Ryan did for the next two laps was, if you're watching him, was incredible, holding, trying to hold guys off. Because that car... Yeah, to get, he, he, to he get dropped that, immediately and then was kind of a moving moving chicane. I thought he did a really yeah, good job. He did a great Hitting job in everybody's keep ninth, way. <laughs> keep ninth, he kept ninth place like you wouldn't believe. And the job he did to do that, it was incredible to watch because he was. He was like you said, a moving chicane. Left to right, what we had to do, held off the position, held off the position. His car was nowhere near faster than those guys because of what the damage he had. Um the 24 pretty much dusts off the four, you know, and the four probably had damage too. Four was pretty damaged. Just, I mean, he got hit in the front and the back. So, yeah. So, um, 24 ends up winning the race. 
um, Ryan, you know, gets ninth out of it. And with the damage he had, that's pretty good ninth, you know. Um, it would have been great to see if the race would have continued green um, all, without all that stuff. Because um, some guys that were racing up front would have had a good chance to race each other a little bit. And Ryan was probably going to gain a bunch of the spots back, you know, in the pit cycle. And probably, probably would have got better finish than ninth even. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, Put things in perspective here. And we did this in our short, you know, preview of this race in our last episode. Um, Ryan has 13 starts at Darlington now, including this past one. That was only his second career top 10 finish at this track. Um, I think we said it in the preview. I said, hopefully this just continues this trend, you know, where that he'd been really bad at Richmond all those years and they finally got things turned around. Now he's pretty decent at Richmond. Um, finishes the last two races at Darlington. Don't really, a couple of races don't really tell the true story of the race because he had run much better and ended up finishing outside the top 10. Um, so, but he's trending in the right direction here. Um, so his last few finishes going back to 2021 are 8th, 22nd, 17th, 13th, and now ninth. So again, only his second ever top 10 finish at Darlington. And it came in a race where they kind of had to pull up their sleeves. They got that damage at the end. He had to protect his position the best he can. Probably didn't make too many friends doing it, but yeah, you do what you have to do to try to keep in that top 10 there. Um, so he had a, he has an average finish now there of 17.8. So coming out of there, I mean, I didn't think that they could go out there and win the race. I was hoping that they could at least, um, stick around in, in the top 15 just because I just wasn't sure if it was a, he just wasn't comfortable there completely. Um, but I'm pretty proud of the, this ninth place effort. And I think if they were maybe able to stay out of that crash, he could have been a factor in the top five, especially with the folks that, that came out of there. Um, one of those other things that came up and it came up, come up in the discord again here too, is that, you know, the two didn't run well at all. Uh, the, in the 22 didn't run well for 90% of the race. And then yet once again, and they're able to make adjustments on their car and the two or the 22 actually got up ahead of Ryan uh, for that second to last restart and got collected in that accident. He's the one that the 19 drove up uh, into the fence. So um, I think I made a joke on Twitter as well that no one's going to remember the fact that Truex uh, basically did what Chastain did <laughs> and took out a, a large portion of the field. But no one's going to remember that because of what Ross did on, on the next restart. So. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately for Joey, it, it didn't work out for them, but they had, they ended up running a really good race to get back up front again. And he was, you know, inside the top 10 when he got taken out by the 19. So um, Ryan, once again, ends up being the, the top finisher at team Penske. I think the 22 and two finished 18th, 19th, something like that. Ryan finishes ninth. So all in all, a good day at Darlington uh, came with its struggles. We went through the, the pit crew stuff. I thought you gave some really good insight on that one stop where they did lose uh, multiple positions there. And hopefully that kind of cleared some things up for some people. And uh, we can move forward from that to, um, uh, to this next week's uh, or this week's race uh, in the all-star race. And look what it did to the point standings. You know, that's another thing. Um, the, these finishes you rack off a top 10 or a top five, um, you're still moving in the right direction. Yeah. He's managed to keep gaining points. I think there was one week in the last four or five weeks where he lost some points here. Um, Ryan's seventh in the position in the, in the point standings. Now this is again, straight up point standings. It's not the one you'll see on TV all the time that, that throws the winners in, uh, ahead of him. So seventh in the standings minus 48 to the leader. That's Ross Chastain. I think going into last week, he was like 55 back or so, something like that to the leader. So the top 10 right now, Chastain in first, second, Bell, third, Harvick, fourth, Hamlin, fifth, Byron, sixth, Truex, seventh, Ryan, eighth, Reddick. 
ninth Keslowski, and 10th is Kyle Larson. Um, there's some guys in there behind him that have multiple wins uh, that that are behind right, right now in the point standing. So that kind of shows you the consistency they had. The five car is dealing with a, a points penalty. Same with the, well, the 45 might be dealing with the points penalty here today as we record. We'll yeah. have to see how that shakes out because his crew oh, chief yeah. was ejected. So um, he's behind Ryan. So Ryan won't gain anything if if the five ends up dropping down because of, because of some sort of penalty from their pre-race inspection. So, uh, but things are, are looking pretty good. I mean, this is, I just can't remember what it was been like the last couple of years, but man, first through 10th only separated, you know, 10th position, Kyle Larson's just 66 points back the leader. That's just a couple bad races for some guys and a couple good races for some guys to put themselves right back in to the, the championship hunt, or at least to the hunt to win the regular season championship. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's still moving forward and, you know, uh, I don't want it to be feast or famine. You know, that's the thing is some of these guys like Chastain, they're having a really good week and then crashing out a really good week and then crashing out. And that, and that's not going to work in the last uh, 10 weeks of the year. When you get to the last two, 10 weeks in the year and you need to have three good weeks in a row, three good weeks in a row and three good weeks in a row, you can't have those, those kind of races. So, and that's, that's where they're at right now. They're at that point where even when we're having a bad day, we make a good day out of it. And uh, if we're going to have a good, good day, it could be a great day. So speaking of a good day, uh, one of the last good days that we've had at his fans goes back to the all-star race weekend in 2022. And Ryan Blaney was able to pick up the victory and just like most of his victories in pretty dramatic fashion at Texas motor speedway. But now Steve, for the first time since 1996, which was before I was even a fan, we can say that it is race week at North Wilkesboro speedway. Did you ever think, that those words would be uttered <laughs> in NASCAR uh, at any at any point. You know, the weeds were coming up. There are trees growing out of the grandstands. I mean, they're racing at North Wilkesboro this week, Steve. Yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, tire wear looks like and, you know, how tight the racing is and where the racing line is because I really don't have any real memory of it, you know. And then the other part about it is, like, you know, we're on this next generation car right now. And we have memory of the car before it and what it did. And then we have memory this this year of what they did last year, places. We got none of that. So, uh, you know, be interested to see what the look is like, you know, how the surface, you know, it's worn out and what it'll do to tires. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, Ryan get himself a nice position out near the front. And if there's, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out to good short track racing, at least he's out front, you know. And that, that's all you can hope for. Um, if it is good short track racing, uh, hopefully there's some passing and, and some good things to watch. You know, So let's go through the uh, NASCAR on TV report for All-Star Weekend in North Wilkesboro. And there is a lot going on there this week is, you know, with late model tours and some other things happening. But I'm just going to focus on the NASCAR series stuff. So starting Friday, May 19th at 4 p.m., NASCAR Cup Series practice is going to happen. That will be on FS1. Now, at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Cup Series qualifying is going to happen. Qualifying for this event is actually going to be held through a pit crew challenge, and we'll talk about that in a couple minutes here. That's going to be on FS1 again, 5.30 p.m. on Friday. Move over to Saturday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Tyson 250. So that'll be the first NASCAR race back on track at North Wilkesboro since 1996, and it's going to be with the Truck Series. I'm sure we'll be uh, tuned in and, and watching to see what uh, fellow Ford driver 
Zane Smith can do with uh, Ryan Spotter, Josh Williams up there on the spotter stand um, later on Saturday. So Saturday, May 20th, a little bit later on 7 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Cup Series All-Star Race Heat Races. That's going to be on FS1 again, 7 p.m. Then we move over to Sunday, the big day, 5 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR All-Star Open Race. So those drivers that aren't already qualified in for this race based on wins and some other criteria, uh, past race winners like Ryan automatically get into the race. These guys got to run the open. If Alex Bowman isn't back in the 48 car this week, he would have advanced automatically into the all-star race. But since um, that's still up in the air, if Josh Berry is behind the wheel of that 48 car, he has to race into the all-star race through the open. So that's going to happen at 5 p.m. on Sunday, then 8 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR all-star race at North Wilkesboro Speedway on fs1 um let's go through this format a little bit and i hope i do this in in the right order because i'm going through some of these things but uh the good news is for the all-star race this year it isn't like a crazy thing with inverts and tons of stages and all kinds of flashy stuff uh they went i think uh marcus smith really listened to dale jr because this is pretty much word for word what jr had said on his podcast about what he was hoping the format would be Um, So again, starting on Friday, there's going to be a pit crew challenge. And from what I understand, there's going to be a timing line set up um, ahead of the pit box, a timing line set up on the other side of the pit box. So the driver does need to get into the pit box and out of the pit box in a timely fashion. And all of that will be timed with a four tire pit stop. Um, And they're not going to be putting gas in the car. So unfortunately, gas man isn't really going to be involved too much. I don't know if they're still going to make him go over the wall and <laughs> pretend to hold a can or not. Uh, but this is really going to be on the tire carrier, the Jackman and the tire changers um, with, with that, um, with that pit stop challenge, that's going to set the lineup for the two heat races and also set up the lineup for the open cars in their open race. that's going to happen on Saturday. If you remember last year, they did kind of bring back a live pit stop challenge thing uh, ahead of the all-star race at Texas. And the 12 crew ended up with, I think, the second fastest pit stop on the day and put Ryan up in the track position out front for that race. That was really, really key to him going on and winning that race. So hopefully those guys can back that stop up again uh, this year and put Ryan in good position for this race. Um, So the open race itself, for those that aren't qualified, um, that's going to be 100 laps. There will be a competition break around lap 60. If there's a a caution right before that, they might call that the competition break. The top two finishers of the Open advance the All-Star race, and there will also be that traditional fan vote winner. Um, I mentioned earlier what the criteria was for the All-Star field. It is open to 22 and 23 points race winners, past All-Star race winners, past NASCAR Cup champions, and again, the top two finishers from the All-Star Open and the fan vote. Um, the heat races on Saturday night are going to set the, the lineup for the all-star race. The results of heat one will set the inside row for the all-star race. The results of heat two will set the outside row. So in those heat races, you really need to finish toward the front of that race, or you're going to be buried in the back of the field. And you don't want that on a short track here. Um, this track isn't, you know, it's a little bit longer than a half mile, but it's not, you know, not a full, um, mile track. So, um, this is a short track, abrasive surface, yeah, man, it's a lot of pressure is going to be on those pit crews uh, to to get Ryan, the pit crew to get Ryan a starting position up in that heat race where he can get a good position for the all-star race itself. So let's talk yeah, about so, the race. Go ahead. So, you know, first real quick, you know, the pit pit crew haters uh, last year, uh, uh, yeah, second fastest, put him in the front row. 
that's where you needed to be in Texas for sure, because there were, there wasn't much passing going on in Texas and Ryan was faster than pretty much everybody all night. Um, so yeah, same thing here. Uh, get the, you know, they'll get a good pit stop in. You'll see it. Uh, but the, you know what the, you said something about the gas man, not being, he might not, not being in a way might actually make the stops a little faster. It probably would. That's why I was wondering if they would still make them go out there because of that <laughs> or yeah. not, but they won't be putting actual, any actual fuel in, into the car. Uh, um, have to run around him at all. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. We'll know on Friday. Um, so let's talk about the all-star race itself. itself happening on Sunday at 8 PM Eastern time on FS one, 200 laps. All laps count. So that made any caution laps, probably laps between the the stage breaks, that kind of thing. Uh, all those laps are going to count. There will be a competition break at or around lap 100. Teams are going to be able to have to start the race on sticker tires. They're going to have three more sets of brand new sticker tires in the pits. After the competition break, though, teams are only allowed to use one more set of sticker tires. So that's where the strategy is going to come into play there. Um so I think we have kind of have all the elements that we that we wanted. A little bit more simplified format. There's a really big opportunity for the pit crews to make a big impact here in that pit crew challenge. That's going to set the lineups for the heat races and for the open. Um, we're at a historic venue that we probably never thought was going to reopen again, but uh, thanks to some money that came in from the government and uh, probably thanks to Till Junior getting that that track back onto iRacing and getting some attention there. Here we are back in Wilkes County, North Carolina, racing again. Um, I'm hoping everything goes off well. Uh, I know they've been pretty upfront about the fact that this is a historic venue. They've done what they can to upgrade things, to try to meet some modern standards. Uh, From what I understand, if you're parking, you need to already have a parking pass purchased or you're going to have a bad time (laughs) on the day of. Get there as early as you possibly can, because even for that Cars Tour race last year, um, there was people waiting, you know, uh, hours in traffic just to get into that racetrack. And I know I've talked to some several Blaney fans that are going to be headed up there this weekend to cheer Ryan on and to to experience that weekend. Um, we were kind of playing around, and Ryan did some interviews on Throwback Weekend about at Darlington about his history at at Wilkesboro, and he actually has run a race there back in 2010. It was a past super late model race. Uh, Labor Day Classic 200. It was won by uh, his friend and fellow Cup Series driver Chase Elliott. Ryan ran up front for most of that race. He did have a an issue on a restart that put him back towards the back of the back, and he got a, a penalty and ended up finishing 14th. So he does have some super late model laps at Wilkesboro, but that goes you know 13 years ago, all the way back in 2010. So um, I know they've been relying a lot on simulation, and guys have probably been running the iRacing racing track but there's just so many unknowns going into this race. Uh, The one good thing that I will say, you know, Ryan runs really well at Martinsville. He runs really good at, you know, places like Phoenix. That's still kind of on that, in that short track range. Um, He has an average finish of about 16th on short tracks and he's really good at saving his tires. And this surface is the original surface. I think from the late eighties hasn't been touched since the last time they raced there in 96, they were really, really close to tearing that track surface up and uh, putting new asphalt down. Uh, a lot of drivers and Dale Jr. and some other folks asked them to at least hold off on that. So this is going to be a very, probably one of the most worn out surfaces, cracked surfaces, surfaces with character that they're going to race on all year long. And I think that could maybe be a benefit for Ryan. Yeah, it's going to be a test of character um, for all the characters 
<laughs> you know, going to be great to hear different guys on the scanner talking about this or that. And the, the ones that are having a bad day will be condemning it. And the ones that are having a good day, will be like having fun with it. So um, hopefully we're having, uh, having some fun with it uh, come Sunday. You think this is a race where people are going to take some opportunities from some payback? <laughs> no, no points on the line, uh, just money on the line, potentially close quarter racing on, on a short track on a, on a big stage, maybe some drama. Uh, I don't know if, if if it's an opportunity for anybody to get back at the old one car or not. That so that's the only one I was thinking of. <laughs> they had to get the the target sponsorship back. <laughs> just, put it, just put it right on the back tailgate and right on the hood, uh, because uh, yeah, he's the only one I would see anybody really trying to seek out. Um, but for the most part, now nah, you know you want to really see how how good you stack up and how good you could race against your competitors on this track or anything else. You know, the only thing is you're going to get mistakes because you're guys who haven't never raced on this track before. So you're going to have guys who have no idea what happens when you go down into one, uh, you know, one, depending on what line you've got. So hopefully they don't wad them up too often, but I, I can definitely see, <laughs> you know, that's probably a good reason to, to have the heat races the night before, because yep. it'll give a, everybody a chance to be on the track and with but running with other cars, you know. Might be some busy, busy crew chiefs Saturday night too. After that race is over, especially if some guys have have really are really off on their setup, trying to think of things that they could potentially do. I don't know if it's a if it's a, a race where they can't make too many adjustments before on Sunday or not after those heat races, but they might be on there running on some simulations about tire pressures and some other things, wedge adjustments, everything they could do to get a little bit faster for the big race on Sunday. So again, Ryan comes into this race, the defending race winner in the all-star race, completely different track, the completely different style of racing. Uh, but hopefully the 12 team can go out there, have a strong pit stop and qualifying, have a strong run in the heats, strong run in the race. And who knows, maybe come back out of that weekend as the all-star, a two-time all-star race winner in the NASCAR cup series. Um, Steve, let's jump back here and talk about the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. It'll be a little bit shorter segment this week because fantasy does not count for the All-Star race, so we get a week off from that. You don't have to worry about setting your driver lineups, making those picks. Uh, taking a look at the folks that I had in my starting lineup for the Goodyear 400 at Darlington. Uh, man, I think I was just on the cusp here of a, having a really, really good weekend with my lineup here. Um, unfortunately, some problems happened here with my first starter, Martin Truex Jr. Got me 17 points potentially could have got me a victory potentially could have got me even down to the the end of that thing a top five finish but unfortunately uh falls back there gets me 17 points kyle larson another one potentially could have gotten me a victory here and a lot more points only gets me 25 bubba wallace got me 40 he had a great day william byron the winner got me 56 points denny hamlin got me 25 uh daniel suarez was in my garage and i think i actually had him in my lineup early but i sent him back to the garage really fast after he had that speeding penalty um my featured matchup picks i picked hamlin over larson that was correct i picked eric jones over bell that was wrong i picked logano over harvick that was wrong i picked suarez over gregson that was wrong so one of my worst weeks when it comes to featured matchups only got one out of the four correct uh, what did your starting lineup for Darlington look like? Um, I had Truex. So early on, I was looking really good. Um, Byron, uh, Ryan, uh, Tyler Reddick, uh, Chastain um, was, uh, let's see. And then Denny was in the garage. Um, and I think I made a move at one point because he wasn't running too good. But 
Uh, would have been a big swing, maybe about seven or eight points if I had left him in and took somebody else out. Um, big thing was the matchups, you know, just got hammered on the matchups. I had, uh, had Larson. That was a loss. I had Bell. Um, that was, that was one good one there. Um, Logano, <laughs> Suarez, same thing. It just you know, lost 30 points on, on those. So, um, it was a survive and advance kind of a week. He's <laughs> got some points, but not, not as many as I could have. On the bright side, I did beat you this week. You ended up in a tie for the 44th position with 156 points. Uh, I actually have to scroll up for me here. Again, if I just had, you know, one or two guys there at the end that got taken out, go my way, I probably would have been in the top 10 here. But I finished 22nd with 173 points earned. Let's t- take a look at the real top 10 here. In the 10th position, Cheesehead Fan with 183 points. And tie for 8th, we have Dusty Hawk 30 and Aw 723 with 184 points. 7th, Blaniacal 185. 6th, A Juster 4, 186. 5th, The Buckeye Bullet 189. 4th, Abby NNK 192. 3rd, The Prime Minister 3, 194. 2nd, Pocono Lady 207. And in 1st position from Darlington Raceway, in points earned, we have No Hesitation, 221 points so congratulations to no hesitation for winning the weekend let's take a look now at the overall standings in the team blade and nascar fantasy live league unfortunately this is where steve is ahead of me i finished or i'm currently in the standings in the 35th position 2291 points now let's take a look at the top 10 which is actually going to start with a tie for ninth with no hesitation and sam speedsters with 2419 points apiece Then we have Steve here with Mez 12 and Blaring Idiots in a tie for 7th with 2,422 points. 6th, we have Penske Fan 24, 2,436. 5th, Epic Chickens 1916, an active member of our Discord chat, 2,478 points. 4th, Go Larson 2,482. 3rd, Christian Dana 2,495. Second, Blaney's Daisy, 2,505. And pulling out to another little bit of a lead here, we have Factory of Sadness 6 in the first position in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League overall standings with 2,530 points. And again, as it is telling me in bright red lettering at the top of the page, they are closed this week. Fantasy picks are closed. Go home. Uh, we aren't making any picks for North Wilkesboro. Uh, I brought up the, the bracket challenge for a second here and uh, after we're just in week two and I think Steve and I are already over it. They're in the garbage. We both had Ryan going all the way. And uh, unfortunately Bubba had a Well, I don't want to say unfortunately Bubba had a really good day. Bubba had a really good day at Darlington and uh, beats Ryan in the bracket. So um, if it's good with you, I'm not even going to keep going on here because ours are in the dumpster and uh, hopefully others have better luck going forward in the, in the bracket challenge, but it just wasn't in the cards for us. And uh just because we're being homers. I mean, I, I knew I was going to pick Ryan going the whole way through, and I thought he had a decent shot at it. Uh, but yeah, Bubba had some speed, and that's who Ryan was matched up with. And unfortunately, it's all it's all over. Yeah, I mean, he only you know lost to Bubba by what four or five spots. So I mean, yeah. Um, and I knew the bottom part of my bracket was blew up anyway because of uh, Bell and everything uh, getting knocked out. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> you just, you know, another couple of weeks, they'll do another one, I think. So when they go to do that, we'll reset, re-rack it, and we'll talk about it some more then, I guess. I guess so. 
Well, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. Um, we said at the top of the show that Dave Blaney will be in action this week with the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series at Sharon Speedway on Saturday night. So if you're okay with missing some of the NASCAR coverage on TV and you're in the area, you can head to the Blaney family's home track in Hartford, Ohio, Sharon Speedway for the World of Outlaw Race. Let's see if Dave can go back-to-back uh, in sprint car victories on that 3 8 mile oval up there in Northeast Ohio. Um, thank you everyone once again for tuning into this episode of the team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at team Blaney, you know, on Instagram and TikTok at team dot Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation established in 2018. This organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we're going to make one last couple pushes here in the next couple of episodes here. Check out the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation's Driving for Good Top Golf event that they're holding out there in Charlotte. If you can't make it to the event in person, let's see what's going to happen with the uh, silent auction that they have going on. You can also go ahead and sign up for the Wall of Fame there. Uh, $50 donation is going to get you your Wall of Fame card with your name on it, your organization on it, whatever you want to put on it. Ryan will autograph that send it back to you and all of that goes to the great causes that the Ryan Blaney family foundation supports. Again, check out that on their website. We push it out on social media, check out all of their social media as well. Cause they're going to be very active leading into this event. That's going to happen the week leading into the Coca-Cola 600. So for my co-host, Steve, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the team Blaney podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Oh, thanks everybody for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.